On this episode of Puro's Miners, bro, Utah basketball added another grad transfer. Alex tells us why this could be one of the most important additions to the UTEP roster. UTEP football completed its first two weeks of the season, and there's a lot to break down. Plus, we review the Texas Tech game and look at what work should be done during the bye week. And we answer your Twitter questions right here on Puro's Miners, bro. And welcome to Puro's Miners, bro. Mondo the Mastrandini along with Alex Nicolás. ¿Qué pasa, man? Otra semana. Another week. More Utah like football. How, I like how about. you said that, like, with your Puerto Rican accent. <laughs> it wasn't like otras, otra semana. It was like otra semana, man. Man. Yeah. Man, man. I like how you added that. I appreciate that. So how was your week? How was your weekend? It was good. It was good. good. Uh, got to sit down and watch some UTEP football. Got to hear you on Thank the you. radio. Got Thank to you. watch some college football and then some NFL. Got my fantasy teams. I'm 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 up in one league. I'm curious. How did how did how did my quarterback Dak Prescott do for you? Well, I did not draft yeah, him. But you your receivers, I, I, I did get Amari Cooper on both my teams. So it's looking good. Coop, the former Raider. There you go. So not a bad weekend. Not a bad weekend. But uh, let's break some. Let's break format here on Puto Minus, yeah. bro. Let's start off with some UTEP basketball. I we've, like it. I like it. Talked a lot about Utah football, but we got some interesting basketball news. And just like Monster said, the grad transfer that Terry. Well, well hold on. First, we start. Well, we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Rodney Terry did it again. 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 Otra vez, man. Man, I mean, what a pickup. And and you know, you can always get hype over these grad transfers, but I mean, the reason why Daryl Edwards is a big big pickup is because. He's a veteran guy. He gives. I think he gives you a calming presence. You know, he's a guy that that isn't a star guy. He's not going to go out there and get you twenty points a game. Has seems like he has that ability to do that. But he's just a very calming effort or, or, or calming uh, presence on this roster. A veteran guy that that really UTEP needed. UTEP didn't have that veteran season guard. I think Edwards brings that to the table. Uh, a great shooter. A guy that can probably create his own shot and create for others. Like I mentioned, doesn't have great numbers that from you know going back to his LSU days in terms of uh, you know a pat, uh, scoring and assists. But I mean, the guy is just a, a common one of those common guards that you need. And Rodney Terry, you know, basically, you know, kind of said it said it the best in the way I feel. He said, "Quote: Daryl Edwards is a great addition uh, of a veteran guard who has been a part of winning programs." That to me is is key, and and that is what UTEP's trying to build. And you got a guy that could just be that ace. Let every other guy take the take the stardom because UTEP has that on the roster. They didn't have Daryl Edwards. Now that you add him, I just think it takes this team. It, it puts them. It gives them a poised leader late in the ball game when you need a ball handler, and that's what this UTEP team needed. As they're going to usher in Jordan yeah, Latham at point guard. He Jordan Latham is a starting point guard going forward, but Edwards is a nice mix to have off the bench. And you you talk about the the experience that he's got for me the huge thing is that he doesn't have to sit he can play right yes. away for me that's the biggest thing of this not only the experience that he brings that he's gonna bring to this UTEP minor squad but the fact that he can play right away this season no doubt about it you know Fresno California native so obviously there's the the Rodney Terry connection going yep, back yep. to there what kind of jumps jumps out at me is is you know he played in 32 games uh for LSU starts at 16 starts as a junior dropped 21 against Alabama 8 of 10 shooting 3 of 3 Point three for three point range. I think that's where we're going to see him be a big strength of this UTEP club. Is that is with a three point shot? 
I'm interested to see if he how much of a ball handler he's going to be. I think late in the game, like I mentioned right now, you're going to need him. How well does he do off a pick and roll? How well does he do, does he do coming off that pick and roll? Is he a pop and shoot guy? Is he kind of a, a take take the defense with them and kick it out type of guy? I really, really, really like this addition. And I think, you know, you're looking at his experience. I think he was a former JUCO guy as well. Um, you know, looking at wh- where he where he came from, he was he did play in JUCO uh, before he signed with LSU. So he's well traveled and, and he's he's always shot well. It seems like where he where he's gone, shot 45 percent from the field and JUCO 33.6 from behind the arc. Obviously, he improved that as he went along at US. Or excuse me, not USC, but LSU. And I really just like this addition. You you always want to add these veteran guys. And, and Rodney Terry's done a good job of, of getting a mix of these grad transfers. And you're talking about Soli Boom, uh, you know, a, a talented type of shooter guy. And then you got uh, Anthony Tark, a guy that can really do it all. Bryson Williams could be one of the best front court guys okay. in Conference so, USA. So I got to ask you now, not the fact that they got Daryl Edwards, you got some experience there, you know. How much bet? What expectations should minor fans have? How many more? Let's just say like this: How many victories is adding Edwards worth? I think overall, in the total, it's 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 the more important part is I think in conference play. I think that's where he adds his totals. When you're talking about you know the the, the stat that I love in baseball is win a pub, win a wins above replacement. Basically, how valuable is this guy for a win? I think he definitely adds two or three wins because of his common presence. Because he can probably knock down those cuss free throws at the end. He can take over the game in the end and and and, and take care of the basketball. And that's what UTEP and, needs. And do you know when I want those two or three wins? Conference play, baby. No. Well, not only conference no. play, but obviously in Frisco. And the, the tournament. Right, that's all. Exactly. I'll be those. Those are the only wins I'm very concerned about. No, and those are. That's it. That's and, it. And but he can bring that leadership there. And you're right, but but to to for that to kind of take place and for UTEP fans to have that expectation, well, they got to gel and get together. And, I, I, mean, and, I understand. And, and, and that's definitely something that I feel in conference play. If we see that happen with him, I mean, there's no doubt about it that you go into conference play or go into conference tournament with the roster that they have. If it gels together, you know. That makes a big difference. It definitely does, and and I, and I can definitely see that point of, of Edwards just taking this team from more of a more of a, of a cerebral role. Uh, I mean, like I said, he he can get his points. I mean, he dropped twenty one against Alabama last year. Uh, you know, the kid can go. Or actually, it was in twenty eighteen. But the kid can definitely go. It's just in this role. I think the, the role that he's going to fit with this club, and not only that, but he's a good defender. You know what I mean? And and UTEP hasn't had a really great point guard defender. You know going back to the Philly Rivera yeah, days even and, you know and, it's been a while since UTEP's had a lockdown defender at point and guard. I he like the that. fact that he's bringing in guys that are gonna know their role exactly that they're not gonna be upset because they're not getting the play time that they think they're supposed to get but they're coming in in here as role players and they know the role and and that's where that's why I talk about him being important because I think that conversation is had with Rodney look I know you can go out there and get 20 but I need you to just get us in the offense get us in the play you know don't commit a dumb foul you see that guy over there he averages 18 hold them to nine in the first half that's where i can see him making his money early on but i mean you're looking at a guy that's experienced and that's been around and has played he's there's gonna be some games where he's just feeling it let's just be real of course there's gonna, I so, mean, yeah. so you have that extra element and just a great great pickup for rodney terry like we said he did it again, did it again. also some new additions here some walk-ons um Aeneas Medrano, a transfer from Bakersfield, California, a junior 
entering the season. We'll have two years of eligibility. Five foot eleven guard. Looks like he's another shooter that they brought in. Uh, Jules Williamson, another transfer, another walk on that they brought in. He'll be a freshman entering this school year. Uh, he's from Aurora, Illinois. Played at East Aurora, Illinois. In uh, there, he averaged twenty one points per game last season. So six four guard, and he was named to the Upstate Eight all-conference team last year following his senior campaign so it'll be a very interesting mix there with some of these new additions to the roster so UTEP basketball just a couple of now almost you could say that a couple of weeks away from starting practice and, and if I'm a basketball fan which of course I am but I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast are huge basketball matter of fact that's one of the things they look forward to about this podcast is all the basketball news that you bring so as a fan, I'm very excited to see what Coach Terry's going to be able to do with this crop of guys that he's got because last year was wait until next year, and it's next year. So it's going to should be exciting. Next year is now for the UTEP basketball program, so no doubt about it. Moving on to back over to the gridiron, UTEP football. A tough loss in a sense, Monster, <clears> but <throat> how yeah. was Lubbock overall? How was that Lubbock experience? Uh, Lubbock was cool. You know, it's like, I mean – I mean, I'm not going to say anything bad about the city of Lubbock. but You're in and out, though, most of the in time and when out. you guys And travel. the thing is, like, with me, like, uh, and I'm going to shame. I'm not, it's not even a shameless plug. It is what it is, you know. We do Town Talk Sports El Paso, which we cover uh, high school football on Thursdays and Fridays. So yes, on Fridays, uh, when we uh, do those gay broadcasts, I got to make sure they're running properly. So I'm in my hotel room. As soon as we Pazone? get to the hotel room. Is it a Pazone? You order Pazones or what? No, what actually, they had like a little restaurant, like a little steak place, but I like fajitas and stuff like oh, that. Okay. I mean, I ain't gonna lie, they sucked. I ain't gonna lie. The Sofrito's okay. I had the fajitas, I had the salad bar, and they had rice and beans, and the rice and beans were absolutely horrible. I ain't gonna lie to you, they're horrible, you know? But it, I mean, but everybody else, they went like to see, because I'm asking everybody else, like, oh, we went to the steakhouse because there's some barbecue and things of that nature, but. I don't even attempt to walk around things of that nature because we got we got work to do. So we do got work if to they do have a restaurant nights. there, I'll, I'll eat whatever they've got. But my fajitas were pretty good. Just I was disappointed with the beans and with the rice because I expect more from Lubbock. But I mean, it was nice experience, you know. I mean, the thing is, when we go on these trips, I don't get to really explore the city. I don't get to explore my surroundings. I'm just in a hotel. Uh, and it's like it's a big city like where that I've been to before, like Vegas and San Antonio, things, uh, Houston, stuff like that. And then the day of, we just like we're there at the stadium about five hours before kickoff. Well, five hours before we go on the right. air. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, we've got to saw stuff around campus, you know, as we're driving in. Once we're in the stadium, I don't even bother, even though I could have. Walked outside and checked out because I like that. They, have, area they, they had they had a nice area there at AT and T Jones Stadium. You know, that a Chipotle that I was like eyeing. and I was like, man, me some Chipotle. But once I'm at the stadium, I don't like really walk anywhere. I just stay in the stadium. Yeah, like it's time to that work. We gotta, yeah, we got to work. You know, and things of that. I, nature. I'll say this though, I, I called a high school game a couple years ago there, Parkland and Richland. That's a tough angle. To call a football game because you're about what well, maybe seven stories six, up, seven stories up, and, and yeah, well, that's where you need the binoculars yeah, for sure. And, and so yeah. I think that game I called probably eighty percent of that game through binoculars, and, and yeah, <laughs> it was tough. But so See, and, it, and it's when I when I've had to do play by play before, it is very hard for me to use binoculars. Yeah, good good thing I have good eyesight. But up there, seven, I'd actually taken an extra pair of binoculars just in case. But because you're literally seven stories up, it helps at, at AT and T Jones Stadium. It helps when you know. 
the team you're calling, you know, your home team or whoever you're calling for, but then that visiting team trying to identify numbers. Whew, that could be a pain. But th- yeah. this gets your thoughts on the game, man. I know you, you were really tapped into it. You guys had a great call Thank you. on Appreciate Saturday, Thank like you. always. And it, you know, it's, 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 it's tough to put it into words, I think, because you want to say, you know what, the defense made some big strides, which they did. Um, they were out there a lot, you know, but it's just overall, it, it's still it, – at the end of the day, it's a dud performance, but there was a lot of positive to take out from it. Uh, well, here's here's how I look at it. I mean, first of all, uh, and I talked about it on the on the the broadcast. The size comparison for some of these guys that UTEP had compared to what Texas Tech and I don't have my start my, on the defensive well, line. The, the, def- the, the defensive def- line, Texas like Tech's it defensive was just line like compared to UTEP, the best, they dominated. The best way I can describe it that people listen to this podcast that live here in El Paso is imagine when one of the high school teams travels to like to the second or third round. Denton Ryan and Del Valle yeah, last year. That's that's how that's how I'm I'm describing it. We're like they're just bigger faster stronger and no disrespect to the guys we have at utip it is what it is you know i mean they're like maybe like three inches taller average average i'd say about two three inches taller on on the defensive line offensive line that's my main focus right now i would say it's about maybe two three inches taller and maybe four about 20 pounds heavier you know because the, the defensive line was just having their way, especially with the left side of the UTEP offensive line. So, I mean, it was it's, it was a, a tough task there for the UTEP offensive line compared to the Texas Tech defensive line. Now, on offense for Texas Tech, I thought the UTEP defense did pretty good. But before I get to that, when I looked at the uh, wide receivers, that three or four wide receivers, three of them were studs. Uh, I can't remember his name. I, like I said, I should. I don't have my my thing in front of me, but oh, I do have my thing in front of me. There Thank it is, you, boy, brother. I got you. I got you. Uh, T.J. Vasher. Yeah, uh, NFL the wide guy. receiver, six foot six. He's gonna wide, play the league. Wide receiver, maybe even tight end in know? the league. And then they had another wide receiver that was six foot four. The smallest wide receiver they had was five foot eleven. I mean, you can't compare with that. I yeah. mean. Uh, you take guys. I thought the they did a good job covering, but when the game started, I think I think and I, and I think Coach Demo kind of admitted this at the um, post game uh, interview that I did with him that they everybody was expecting UTEP. And I'll tell you this first of all before we get into this, I was like since I'm there at the hotel just waiting, I saw one of the like the TV the ABC affiliate does like a pregame show for the Texas Tech and they did. I was actually I kind of was I thought it was pretty cool. They did a Texas Tech versus UT preview. You know, of course they're one hundred percent for Texas Tech. Not give, oh yeah, not giving UTEP any respect. Damn but um the the thing is that it gave me information on what to look out for. Like I already knew ahead of time that they're gonna be wearing all black because they're wearing yeah. at night, things of that nature. I got to see what the offensive coordinator looks like. You know, my man looks like he's a surfer. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> I, I'm not even gonna lie to you. He's that's a dude. That's exactly what 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 he looked like. Um, but when, when I saw uh, uh, Texas Tech, there, I mean, what they were doing, they were they gave UTEP no respect. I'm talking about the TV guys, right? And they said everybody saying that Texas Tech was going to score almost 60 points on on the minors. That's what everybody was saying. So. And what they were saying, my original point was, is that they're preparing for the running game because we saw what what Hughes did last week 
uh, Trayvon Hughes did and what Josh Fields did. So the number one job of the Red Raider defense was going to stop the run. So what happened, that very first drive, I was expecting them to – because what what did we talk about last week? The one way you keep a high-powered offense – the way you slow them down is you keep them on the sidelines. Ball side control, ball control. So the first three plays. Pass, pass, pass. It was pass, 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 and it was incomplete, incomplete, incomplete. And I was like, wow. I think they completed the first one or something like yeah, that, but it was a short negative pass. yardage or whatever. But still, the fact that they didn't get any movement, I was like, man, you're really putting the defense in a hard spot because uh, it was a, I think it was a, a punt from deep in UTEP territory. So Texas Tech started like around their own at, at the 50. And they easily and scored. And they scored like within a minute. But, but let me get to you. They scored like within a minute, like very yeah. easily. But then Coach Cox was able to put the brakes on Texas Tech because all these P- Texas Tech people were celebrating like, oh, it's going to be Waiting like a 70. 60 point, yeah. It's going to be a 70 to nothing game, blah, blah, blah. Like, but then they didn't score. The, the Texas Tech didn't score again until the middle of the second quarter. That's what people don't realize is that. So for this high-powered offense who scored like on the first drive within a minute, they didn't score again until halfway into the second quarter. So I thought the UTEP defense did a tremendous job and been able to disrupt what Bowman was doing, and that's the quarterback for Texas Tech, you know, and the the, the high-powered uh, wide receivers that I talked to you about that Texas Tech had, T.J. Vasher, and then the running back, uh, Tashawn uh, Henry, you know. Oh, excuse me, Tazon. My man's name was Tazon Henry. You know, he did a good job, you know. But this is a, a situation that reminded me so much of UTEP's biggest opponent last year, Tennessee, where right. – Literally, we thought I thought they were gonna get destroyed, and the the defense did a tremendous job, but the offense just could get nothing going. And they, I'm telling you right now, in the first half, I mean, the defense, Texas Tech defense, their defense corner did a tremendous job because UTEP couldn't get anything going on offense. And you made a great point um, talking about UTEP's first offensive drive. I think that kind of set the tone for the offense negatively mm-hmm. and i think tice touches upon it with, with demo i think demo even kind of admitted it that, i think that, demo that, was the one that, that right away just said that, it yeah and and i really felt you know that there was i like it i like opening it up the pass game early on it gets them out of the box it gets them thinking but you know i think that three and now it just it, it, you like you made the great point of talking about the size and the speed um and i think it was evident right there in, in those first three plays i think utep should have kind of should have ran the ball in those first two plays get the clock moving just a little bit um even if they were negative plays but i really think that those three plays kind of set the tone on the night for the offense now going back to the defense i mean that first half of defensive football was really amazing it really was i mean i mean looking at where utep started from that first drive where i was like oh god because that first drive that that Tech offensive line just dominated UTEP. They really did. UTEP was dropping everybody in covers. They were rushing three, and it looked like, okay, here it goes. You know, here it goes again. UTEP's lost in the secondary. There's no pass rush. The linebackers are getting lost. And then it stopped. Then UTEP started getting some pressure on Allen Bowman, getting him out the pocket a little bit. And then downfield, there was a couple of coverage sacks. That sack that uh, Chekowalu had, I thought that was uh, Chekukalu, excuse there me. There you go. Chekukalu. I'll get his name Just right say sometime. Denzel, man. Big D. Shout out for the retweet on on my tweet on Saturday, too, from Puto Miners, bro. Denzel. There you go. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, that that really, when, when that play happened, when he had, it was, I, I don't know if they even gave him the strip sack, but the ball came out. That right there, it let me know that, you know what, and we've talked about this before, 
before on the podcast and even before the podcast of how good of adjusting week to week Mike Cox is. I mean, you're looking at what they did last week and, and we're sitting here like, oh my God, are they going to give up 60? Oh my God, is going to go. And, you know, and it's right to think that from the performance, but Mike Cox just continues to make those key adjustments See, week to week. Because one of the things, and I know for a fact that last week in practice, they tried to practice the uh, no huddle they do offense. The two huddles? The, the, fat, the fat, no, the fat, the fast, the fast, fast paced uh, offense, the one that Texas Tech, because actually Texas Tech was was faster than Houston Baptist. And remember, oh, yeah, they were you, you way can, faster. And, you even I, really and I think it. it was like what 20 they, they they improved by 25% that UTEP when they were getting back to the line but I thought they did a great job because the one way Texas Tech was getting I mean you see all the completions that Allen Boldman gets but the fact is they're short pass they're short passes they're not long bombs but eventually you know he was going to connect with a long bomb and that long bomb that he did uh connect to TJ Vasher was just an incredible pass right. but also an incredible catch by TJ Vasher but it's not like UTEP was getting burned by long bombs air all night long. It was just short little passes that little, little, little that eventually adds up. And to that point, how well was UTEP's tackling? You know, that that was what's more impressive because what scared me on that first drive with, with Texas Tech is they put a lot of guys in space. And yeah, it was an easy drive, but UTEP tackled well on that drive, even though they drove down there. But that was my concern. It was like, okay, if UTEP's dropping everybody in coverage and we're only rushing three, that means our linebackers and safeties are going to be in space. And they did a great job. Excuse me in that first half of being able to adjust to that and just make plays. And, and that's something that we thought maybe wouldn't happen for this club early on in the season due to the fact that, uh, you know, they didn't tackle in practice in fall camp, well, but they really showed great improvement in week one and, against, against an FCS team too. Like monster said, a group of monsters. In a sense and, and, and the thing about that is that Texas tech feeds just being there. The red Raiders, they feed off the crowd. And they feed off momentum yeah. when momentum is going their, their way because when UTIP was stopping them, they they, they kind of look kind of lost. It's like they were surprised that, oh, my God, these guys are actually stopping us. But then when something would go their way and, like, there was, like, a penalty or something like that that went that – that should have stopped the if it wasn't for the penalty, UTIP would have gotten them off the field, but it went their way. And so they, they got like an automatic first down and then they made like another positive play. And then the very next play is as as great as UTIP was playing with the, the tackles, they missed one tackle. I think it was Aikili Ross couldn't bring him down. And missing that one tackle, like the next guy up the I can't remember who was supposed to tackle him after that, maybe like three yards after that. The guy from Texas Tech, and I can't remember his name right now, just turned on the Jets and he was gone. Oh. And that was the second touchdown. You know, but that's all it was. Like it's like they fed on the momentum, momentum, and then they're able to score. Because UTIP was able was able to slow their momentum down. But then, like I said, just like Tennessee last year. The defense got tired, yeah, man. They, they got did. tired. But the positive thing is that the defense made big plays when it counted when the game was so close. Yeah. The sack by Denzel and then Waikili had the Ross. They, yeah, he had the big pick, Aikili which was key because, it, because that right there. And then and another thing about you know that we talked about this before. Um, the the the, ch the turning point in this ball game, the big turning point in this ball game was down. It was the final two minutes of the game. Oh. UTEP's down. I think it was fourteen nothing, thirteen nothing. UTEP needed a, if they got a first down there, 
they go on a half down 14 nothing. Yeah. But that third down play was it, was it was a short pass to Cowing, and I think Cowing was about a yard short. You know that, and that's and and, and, and let me say, I mean, you you're able to see the replay, but what when I saw it, I thought it was I thought he I thought he had caught it. I'm yeah. talking about UTEP, right? Right. I, well, I thought he had caught it. Even in the replay, I was watching it because they showed the replay on the the jumbotron. I thought he caught it. You know, the the one debate we had, me and Tyshu talking about, it, I was like. Oh my God! Is Dimmu gonna go for it here yeah. on fourth down and nah, one? It was too. It, I mean, you could have, um, but that leads into kind of what I want to talk about. The offense is just the missed opportunities in this game and the lack of execution. More so, I mean, you can look at the stat sheet and and, and it's easy to say, well, UTEP was horrible, but UTEP just didn't execute in those situations early on in the ball game to make this one closer. You know, you're talking about that third down and six, and you know the receiver that that that's a that's a rookie receiver in a sense. Not not knowing stem that route out just a little bit more so that way if you do have to come in on a bad throw you're at least right there parallel to the first down marker so it, it's it's some inexperience and we talked about UTEP's receivers and, and, and how talented they are and, and how better this group is and much improved but you're still seeing the small execution things that are not happening and not only that you know you, you can question some play calling I think I think you know in a game but in a game like this against a, a, a power five opponent, you know, as, as a yeah. coaching staff, you know, you 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 might hide all your cards, particularly in a game where you're already down 14, nothing or 21, nothing. But at the end of the day, the biggest thing for me is, is the UTEP offense. They, they, it's just an adjust, it's just an execution struggle right now with this uh, with this offense. They really need to find ways to execute, picking up blitzes, picking up pass basic pass rush, identifying gaps, identifying stunts, um, identifying different things that the defensive line is doing. Because Texas Tech wasn't doing anything special early on in the game. They were rushing three, and then they figured out, oh, UTEP isn't be able to pick our, our pick up our blitzes. So what do they start doing? They started sending backers. They started sending safeties that's where the struggle really that's where utep yeah, struggle man, really, turned into you know a mess you know it went from all oh, we're just struggling to you know we can't do anything on offense and you know it goes back to that first series i think i just think utep a team like utep you gotta i you gotta you gotta identify and not only that but you have to set that standard early on the game set your tone set your tempo this offense didn't do it now when they did it a guy by the name of Kai Loxley came in well, the second I'm half. Not, everything that i'm talking about is in the first half, you mm. know, when it comes to, Let's move to offense, the you know. So the second half, I straight up asked Coach Dimmo, like, what adjustments are you going to make at halftime? Mm. I asked him, and the adjustment was that they brought in Kyle Oxley, yeah. you know, and right off the and bat. And was the first to break the story, by the way? My man sitting across from me. That's right. That <laughs> was me. Well, I saw him warming up. I mean, there's there's a couple of things that, yeah, that that being there on the field like that I see right away that I saw him I saw yeah. him warming up I'm like hey, well when man, you said man. that I knew he was going in because at, yeah. the, at that point you tipped me to that well, spark well here's the thing because last week at Houston Baptist I saw him warming up too but it was more like he was just passing because yeah. he was bored but this time he was warming up and then when it was getting ready time the um everybody else started like like giving him the handshakes like okay it's your time let's now like let's do it so i was like but i had already said that hey he's gonna go in but but the thing with kai is you saw right away the difference the athleticism that he has in particular with his feet because he was able to kind of escape from because i i'm assuming coach demo and coach canales recognize that the fact that their the offensive line was getting destroyed defensively, so they put in the mobile quarterback Excellent that point. was able to 
die uh, to delay whatever Texas Tech was trying to do, and that's what Kyle was doing. He was able to do that. Now let me ask you this: so you know, you I mean that that's pretty obvious about how, with the spark that he gave. Now you notice this a lot on the sideline. Even before we did this podcast, we'd always talk about this. How did you feel the team reacted to over, you know, in the fall, knowing that Brandon's our guy, Brandon's our guy. And then in a game like that, where, where Kai gets thrown in, did you notice an attitude change? Did you feel like the team kind of came up a little bit? I, I, I thought the, the team was, from what I could tell, I, I felt like, well, let's see if this works. Yeah. That's, that's how I felt. Like I, at this I, point, let's just, let, anything, let's, anything, let's, anything, let's win the game. Or, let's yeah. see, let's that's see a good maybe, maybe this is going to change. Maybe we can build some type of momentum because at this point, UTEP offense had zero momentum. And even though Kai, and right off the bat, Kai was able to get a first down like that. In that series, I think they got a couple first downs, but then Texas Tech stopped them. But the bottom line is that I saw more movement in the second half against a Texas Tech team that was dominating the offensive line that they're able to get more moving with Kai because Kai was able to do the rollouts and things of that nature as opposed to where Brandon Jones sure. is not as because there are certain points where like I ain't gonna lie to you, there are certain points where like it looked like they're running though, and this is gonna sound super when I say it. Like, like you know, last week they're running the Wildcat with Trayvon Hughes, where Trayvon was like just getting the ball, and that's basically what they're doing. What there was just nothing but quarterback draws. That's exactly yeah. what they're doing at one point because Kai had the athleticism to pick his holes, and it was working. They'd move the ball, but then eventually Texas Tech would just stop them. And then you had uh, the Gavin Beckley miss the first in uh, the first yeah. field goal attempt. You know, that was a deep one though, and then uh, and, and I think honestly, I think he kind of rushed it. I mean, I'm not I'm not an expert, but yeah. um, but being on the field, I think he kind of rushed it because it didn't it didn't come off uh, uh, pretty good off his off his foot. But then the second one, he nailed it. So the reason why I asked that just because looking at the previous regime with the Kugler, you know, the Kugler regime, every time there was a quarterback change, that was the biggest struggle in the Kugler area. Just it seemed to change the demeanor of the team, whether it was bad or good. So that that was kind of my biggest concern. Now, as we move into the bye week, you know, what would be your biggest adjustment on? Let's start on the offensive side. Well, What's your number well, the, one adjustment? The, the biggest question that that Coach Dimmo is going to get from and this week they're not having a press conference because there's no there's no media lunching there's no press conference because there's no game this weekend because they're by uh, they're on a bye uh, and i asked him straight up give me your thoughts on kyle Oxley. people are going to ask him hey yeah. that's a good question is, 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 is kyle Oxley going to be the starting quarterback because i even asked tysha during the broadcast like hey man i'm just i ain't gonna lie to you the offense looks different it does with kyle yeah, Oxley really quarterback did. and the one thing i will tell you is that this off UTEP offense has more weapons. I ain't gonna lie to you, especially in the wide receiver uh, situation with uh, Treshawn Wolf. Like he's he's come up this year. Devon Cooper. Devon Cooper, you know, made a good catch uh, on Saturday. You know, uh, Kavika Johnson wasn't there last year. He's there this year. You know, I mean, Justin Garrett. That's Justin another guy Garrett. I want to see so the they're, tight they're, end, guys. Russell. You know, just Trushell is the guy. You know, so this year. I mean, like I said, no disrespect. It is what it was last year. You know, your wide receivers are like five foot nine. Yeah. And then he would just, I mean, it's harder to throw to guys it like is. that. If Texas Tech has got a guy that's six foot six, it makes him an easy target. Then he's got the, 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 the extra wingspan. So Kai had more. UTEP offense has more Life. weapons. Yeah. And but with well, what I saw, the, the difference that I saw, especially with Kai as in the quarterback position compared to Brandon, is that Brandon. Um, I still think is a more accurate passer than than they are than than Kai is. But Kai with his legs 
can create plays with his legs because he can do the rollout, make him make a pass, or maybe try to get that first down with his feet. But my main concern is, will he be healthy? So for me, the main thing is going to be what's going to happen with the quarterback position. And Kai looked healthy. I was texting uh, my old buddy, Anthony Salome. Shout out to Anthony. We used to remind us together. And, and, and we both agree that this is a different Kai Loxley because he looks healthy out there. He looks like he's more fluid. You know, you can tell when, when an athlete is hurt. You know, they're protecting. They're not going to do certain things. Um, it looked like the governor was off on Kai. And, and you know, so you you talk about the biggest adjustment. Well, yeah, he was, he, was, he was working on two bum legs last year. Yeah, he was. Two bad ankles. So, you know, you talk about the big adjustment being at the quarterback spot. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a different angle on it. I'm going to agree with you for sure. Well, about, I'm not about saying that's Kai. the biggest thing. For well, me, that's, but the, that's, biggest one of, that's the biggest question. That's the biggest question. The second biggest adjustment on the offensive line they got to make something they, there has to be some sort of tweak I mean Mike Simmons right now is if there's any UTEP coach that should be on the hot seat it's that offensive line coach Mike Simmons I think that's his name right Mike Simmons you know that that group right there has too much talent to be struggling the way there is you know looking at a guy like Greg Long who's just for the second straight week just you know getting abused at that edge man you know what I mean and Greg Long has talent you know I've seen this kid at Eastwood I've seen him you know he's a monster you know he's got that he's got that football player that crazy mentality that you want from your from one of your tackles and you know I think it starts there I think UTEP really has to adjust their offensive line. Uh, you know, there's a lot of work to be done there. You know what I mean? You're coming in against a Nevada team that's going to blitz a lot here in the Sun Bowl. That's going to be a problem. I think that any team that blitzes heavily over 50% right now is going to give the UTEP offense problems. Until they show that they can adjust or make that key adjustment, I don't know what it is. I, I, I don't know. I You know, I, I can't say. I haven't fully broke down this offensive line to really kind of sit there and say, oh, you got to move this guy here, this guy here. No, it, it's it's more of the coaching staff on the inside figuring out their guys and finding out how to create that. You know, you, how they created it against Houston Baptist. Well, Houston Baptist is FCS. So you're going to dominate. You're going to run for 250 yards against them. We talked about it. We predicted it happened. That's a big key for me. What big adjustments UTEP but, makes on the offensive line, say personnel like, or scheme-wise? Like in the, in the defense of the UTEP offensive line is that this is going to be the most powerful oh, yeah. defensive line they're going to see the entire year. No doubt about it. This is going to be the best team they're going to see in the entire season. And the, the one thing that I was very happy about, and when you go into a game like this, is nobody was seriously injured. I right. mean, guys get banked up, guys get banked up in all the games, but there were no serious injuries going into this game. So, But you're right, they're going to have to find ways to do something with our offensive line, which surprises me because, like I said, these guys are healthy as opposed yeah. to last year where every week there was a different combination of guys starting the game. So that's the one thing they're going to have to do. I, I agree with you, too, in that thing and in, in that aspect of and, it. And it might not even be the offensive line. It may be, okay, let's bring in a running back for more pass pro, or let's keep Trestle uh, in as and more, I think more you need, pass. I, I think you need to get the tight ends more involved. Yeah, that's what I think. And, and that's and so that's another thing is, okay, is, is, is it, do we need to go to a more quicker passing game? Uh, you know, it seemed like UTEP is trying to throw a little bit more deeper down the field than they have in the past. So, you know, th those are little keys as far as what UTEP does inside that coaching office. Um, that's going to make the difference because, I mean, we could sit here and break it down all we want but in terms of what they actually need to do i mean that's why them guys get paid a lot of money man and, and that's going to yeah. be a big big adjustment to see what they can come up with against another heavy every team in conference yeah, USA is like, a like, blitz. like if, if, we, if we break it down there's things that were they're solid right kicking game is solid wide receivers i think are solid this year you know you just got to get them the ball exactly you know uh defensive line i think it's solid you know i think that we ex remember we talked about this in the very first one of the first podcasts that 
this UTEP defense with Mike Cox was going to take some time to gel. But right. once it starts gelling, you know, like, and you saw it. I mean, Texas Tech, I mean, for two weeks straight, they saw basically the same type of all fast-paced offense, things of that nature. And like I said, like, they just eventually got tired, basically. So, so let me ask you on defense now. We've talked about the adjustments on, on offense. What do you want to see adjusted defensively? I mean, obviously we have, we kind of have a, a Jekyll and Hyde. You know, we have you know a, a terrible start with Houston Baptist and an, an encouraging start. We're not going to sit here and say it was a dominating performance or, you know, the UTEP D took a step forward. Let's just say that, you know. But what do you want to see for them to take two steps forward against a team, you know, a Nevada team that you should be able to compete with at home? I think it, it's something that I think uh, Coach Cox is pretty much happy with the guys he's got defensively. Just executing more. Uh, this this week we saw more of uh, Sonny Buckingham played. Mm-hmm. You know, Christian Johnson. Yeah, Christian Johnson was there. And, and that's know, my that's part. I'm, I'm with you. I, I want to see them. Uh, the only adjustment I want to see on defense is just finding guys that could create that pass rush off the yeah. edge. And and those little adjustments that Cox made. But at the same huge. time, like like they were making some penetration, you know. But like I said, also uh, Alan Bowman, like to to his credit, he was able to avoid some of my man praise. Amahuli was trying to get him, but he would he would be able to to get away from that and make a play. You know, that's another thing because, I mean, he's a starter for a reason, you know. And and that that's that's gonna that's where I want to see. I want to see them find that niche. Because UTEP was find, making penetration yeah. against that Texas Tech and, offensive line, just that you have a mobile quarterback in Bowman, and my man's accurate too, and he's got a rocket for the, an arm as well. The big question I want to see is, is on those pass rushing situations, is Praise going to stand up now? Because we, we talk about, you know, UTEP being – down depth wise that linebacker so being able to create more pass rush praise is a monster praise is an animal you can stand him up you can kind of radar him you can line him up at linebacker move him around that's what i want to see from mike cox i think he has the weapons to do that you can put sonny buckingham at one end put big denzel at one at the other end and then you could just you can move uh praise as a linebacker and just have him pick a gap you know what i mean hey, or, i remember or you something. praise is a redshirt freshman so that's a scary situation and he was also rec- man, he was recruited praise. to be a defensive back and now he's playing defensive yeah. end too and so I, and I still think like we, we you can still add like another 20 30 yeah. pounds to him and so that's the good thing about the utep defense is, is it's not so now that we've seen that they can go out there and, and play a solid half of football you know what i mean even with the offense struggling is you know there is some weapons that utep can utilize to create more pass rush obviously yk ross adjusting more it seemed like they used him a little bit more at corner more than they and did you at saw safety. what yk was able to do it's that's uh that he's able, he got that interception so right away he's paying dividends right. Right. Now, you know, and Justin Rogers that we talked about with that, we weren't real happy with Justin Rogers. His first game at safety looked way more comfortable in week two. So, an interesting, interesting I adjustments think, I think, will be I made. I think this team is going to get better. You know, I mean, sometimes I you, sometimes things like this happen and you get better. I was disappointed in the outcome, really much from an offensive standpoint. But I mean, you know, at this point, it's it's not about you know being a whatever because oh, a typical UTEP fan. Somebody called me out on Twitter for that, bro. It ain't about that, bro. It's about knowing your lane and this UTEP program has been terrible the past couple years so any positivity that we can take at this point of the season you know you got to take it you know it's baby steps it's improving and I think UTEP football through two weeks has shown a little bit of improvement obviously it's not the product that we all want you know but you got to understand you know where this programs came from the past couple years and you know I covered every single moment of the Sean Kugler era so you know if, if I'm if I can if I can come out here and have some positivity. I think we all can, man. So moving along, obviously a 38 to three, 38 to three, right? I, I kind of stopped watching in the fourth quarter. I was what, listening what to- What was the final line? 
I thought I thought it was, it was 34 and a half. 34 and a half. So take well, the last yeah, one I saw I was 34 somebody, and a half. said it was 45. No, it was 35. It went down. So, so they didn't cover. They covered 34 and a half. So I was, was right it? then. They did cover 35. I told you you take 35 straight up. Wait, wait, hold up. So I so Texas I was Tech right. cover. Oh, uh, no, Texas I was Tech wrong. Cover. I was wrong by it was point. Th- the last But if my man, if my man Beckley would have made that the other field yeah. goal, they would have not covered. No doubt that's about all, it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. So UTEP football, they get the week off, get them ice, get the get, get the ice going, get the film going, and get ready for a tough game I, and, against and Nevada. Actually, what, 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 something like this, when they, when they have a bye week, because I was like, why is the bye in second week? I mean, why is that going on? Um, the real reason why is because Thanksgiving is the last. The schedule it's, it's, the very, it's, it's the very end of uh, of that. Usually, you got one week November. after yeah, uh, you know? after that. So, so everybody's got the bye week. But in, in a sense, we talk about this. It's it's good for UTEP because they're going to be able to make some adjustments in the stuff that you're talking about. So I think the the buy this first buy comes at a good time for UTEP. No doubt about it. So we'll review the we'll watch some film on Nevada. I know they got waxed by Oregon over the weekend. Yes, Oregon they did. Seven. You're talking about yes, UTEP. We were expecting kind of that to happen. UTEP didn't happen. So we'll get some notes on, on Nevada and preview them next week. But let's look at some of the hey, Twitter man, but questions. Let me just say this too. What you got? For what everybody like UTEP was getting no respect from those TV people I told you from. Everybody and even other local media people that they did. Apparently there's some show that they did like on the, the whatever station People are saying that UTEP was going to be like destroyed 59 to 17 or whatever. Basically saying that Texas Tech, the average that I saw that Texas Tech was going to score about 60 points. You know, they only gave up 38 points. You know, I thought that was pretty special with the, but the, the one thing I was more impressed of with Texas Tech, I will say this, it wasn't the offense. Like it was that Texas Tech defense. They yeah. just shut down the minors. They really, they just shut them down. I mean, it is what it is. Bigger, faster, stronger. They shut down that offensive line. Brandon Jones wasn't able to do anything. Kyle Oxley was able to move him, and but still, at the end of the day, Texas Tech defense, Texas Tech defense dominated this game. Well, while I'll say that that it's that I don't, I totally agree with you. But you know, let's also keep in, in real realistic terms that this team can improve, and a conference USA is bad this year. Yeah, conference USA is. A bad conference outside of UAB and Marshall right now. We're not we're not gonna have CUSA talk this week. We'll talk more conference USA next week. But you know that's where you talk about hope and encouragement and improving. You know, other than Southern, that game game one against Southern Miss is gonna be tough on the road. But I mean, I really feel that any game in conference USA could be winnable if this team improves week to week. And this is a big big week. Well, they're not playing nobody to improve. I, I think that. If you can get the offense going, knowing that the defense is going to have that confidence the way they played against Texas Tech, I think they can compete with anybody. No doubt about it. So let's look at some of the questions y'all sending on Twitter. It's got some good ones, man. Got some really good ones on Twitter. Appreciate y'all taking the time to tweet at us. Let's start with, I think it's Saldovian, Saldovian, Saldovian 941. Well, Salidovin, Salidovin. It's a crazy handle. You don't got a picture, though, so. Yeah. We'll go with that. Yeah. At South, that's a good question. So why haven't they used Kai in more packages? Also, should they have a three running back rotation? Well, we've talked about why they haven't put Kai in more packages. It was more of a he had to do a lot of things off the field to get on the field. That's what I got from Dana Demo's comments when he talked to you after the game yeah. monster. Um, you know, I think that's the reason why. But now we feel like this could be Kai's team going forward. So I think that changes. Well, I don't know, but I don't I, I really don't know if it's gonna be Kai's team because everybody still loves Brandon Jones as the leader, you know, but they could put Kai there at, at 
at this point, what I see from this team is that because the team, I'm not going to lie to you, the offense did look different with Loxley in the quarterback position. They yep. really it's, For this game. You know, against a good opponent, against a, a a good defense, because like I said, he was able, he was he was a mobile quarterback. That's the term I'm looking for. But I don't know because Dim right away said that Brandon hadn't lost his starting position. I guess he was just trying to find something, find the spark. So, I mean, but I think they might put they might put Kai there. Like it might become a situation. And of course, I've never really been been a big fan of this. We got two quarterbacks going on at the same time. Yeah. I've never been a big fan of Me that. Neither, but, but we I, might have that situation come up. Though. I think you see that more, Saldivan. I really think you do. He also asked that they should have a three running back rotation. I think at this point of the season, it's too early. Um, you know, I think I think Josh Fields is starting to starting to improve a little bit. Obviously, Trayvon Trayvon looked good. There was some carries there where you could tell that you know he just that, like Monster's been but, saying but the, the wait, size and yeah. speed is the difference. And but then they, they went away from Trayvon, and then they would, Josh got a lot of the the bulk of the carries, and then I was I was happy to see my man Ray Flores get like two carries, you know. I but I think it's what it's going to be. It's going to be the situation. They're going to take it a a game by game situation, depending on what what type of defensive line they're facing. And, and I think. I, I, I don't know if I'm going too far into this, but I think what Saldovian's asking is, where's Deion Hankins? I, 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 I'll be honest, I don't think Deion's ready. I don't think he's ready either. And, and I, I think, think and, and, and ready. It's, it's, that's not a knock on Deion. That's just, you know, the way I look at it is Deion's going to be a talented player. If he's not ready now, don't throw him in the fire. Let him develop. Let him learn. Let, you know, he's going to be around for a while. You know, the kid isn't that type that's just going to bolt and transfer. I think he understands the situation. So, you know, at this point, I, I like the rotation. I, I like Fields. I, I like uh, Trayvon Hughes. I think, you know, you don't want to mess with that too early in the season. That that to me is UTEP's strength right now. You and, don't want to mess and with And then, that. honestly, we haven't seen some of the stuff because there's stuff that I see on practice that – we haven't seen in the in, in the actual game, and we know, might not I, see till conference play. I, I've seen stuff that Ray Flotis can do that I haven't seen done yet during a regular football game. You know, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that they do in practice that I'm not going to tell you what they do because I'm not supposed to tell you what they do. You know, <laughs> um, but uh, we still there's a lot of stuff they do in practice that we haven't seen in the games. So the next question comes from Carlos Becerra at Carlos, Carlos. B says. How are the guys UTEP got from the transfer portal working out? Has the coaching staff been able to capitalize and use these transfers effectively? I think you, you start on the offense with Jess Trestle, you know, one of the transfer guys that they brought in. I think he's worked out pretty well. I think, you know, we we want to see him get more involved in the passing game. I thought he was just a blocker, but the kid can move a little bit. He can move. And and then another thing, I think for the for the Nevada game, they'll have uh, Christian Buckingham at the tight end position able to, to do help something him, yeah. to help him out as well. So I think uh, – because uh, Christian was ineligible for like the first two games or something like mm -hmm. that, so he's going to be coming back. So, uh, interesting to see what he can do as well. Uh, but I think with him, with the uh, Trussell, I, I think he's, he's turned into a weapon. Yeah, and, and then on the defensive side, why Keely Ross with the big pick oh, last man, week? You know, and, I mean, and he's so only going to get better. Those are the two main guys. And, but with, with him, I like I love his attitude. Yeah, and, and, he, and, he brings an instant energy, and instant spark, and, and and that's a confidence of a four star guy, a four star guy that's played high level football, played at USC. So those two guys and are, he, the, are and, the and and Ross is not going to be intimidated, but whatever no. stadium he's at, because he's been to the biggest one. Exactly. So you know, going back to Carlos's question, those two guys are definitely working out in favor now are they using them effectively yk oh i think so i think you know moving him around like they did in week two was key and then tress like we said we really i think they're trying to fill him out to see his strengths and you're going to see him be used more effectively in the passing game so great question carlos appreciate y'all throwing us some questions um noah at 
small X, capital X, H-E-R-P, capital X, small X. Noah call him Noah. What do you think UTEP has to do offensively to re- to prevent a repeat of the Tech game? That's a tough one. I mean, offensively, like I said, it, it's hard to kind of replicate what Texas, what they're going to face, what they face against Texas Tech. What I mean is that sometimes you got to call it what it is. The talent on the other side was just better, and it's no disrespect. I told you bigger, faster, stronger, and that's literally the case that it was with UTEP and Texas Tech. Not at every single spot, but when it came to the defensive line, offensive line, that's where the they say that the the game is won in the trenches. Defensive line gave UTEP a lot of problems. Translation. You can't open up the holes for the running back. Your quarterback doesn't have time to pass the ball. And if you don't have that, you're done, you know? So I think that's the one thing that it's, it's that what for me to say that avoid what happened to Texas Tech, I mean, I th- of course they don't want what happened to Texas Tech offensively because the offense was almost non-existent in the first half, you know, and then in the second half they were able to get more movement. The one thing that I think that they saw, like when you bring in Kai, you can run – some some rollouts in the quarterback position, move you know. I pocket. think move the pocket and become more creative with the uh, offensive play calling with uh, the different quarterback. No, that's a great point, Monster. I mean, I, what you know, in terms of you know, what do you think UTEP has to do to prevent it, uh, this? You I, just I have to execute. I, yeah. You got to execute. And I talked about it. That, well, look at this. Th- like, like we we talk because I'm like I I have the actually the for the first. The first this and we talked about we were both surprised that they started this way. UTEP gets the ball. Uh, it's uh the the, the uh, first pass is completed to Wolf, two yard loss. Try to get a screen to set and, up to and him on the, a bubble. The second down pass incomplete to Walter Don Jr. Another short. Then pass. Then on, on third down, Jones is sacked. That was it, and, and jo- that that's at the moment. That's yeah. it. That that's at the pace for UTEP. And, and it's all about execution. I, I think to avoid that, you know, like I mentioned, the big play at the end of the at the end of the half where UTEP gets a first down. You got two minutes to go. You run two plays. You go into the half down fourteen nothing. It, it's it's literally honestly execution because like monster said the playing field gets a little bit even now you know down the rest of the season there's no power five opponent opponents there's winnable games um you know will utep win them all i mean come on we all know what's going on with the program it's it's gonna take one of these big wins in the next couple weeks to really turn the tide but execution man execution is the big deal noah that we're looking for my man over at uh F5, the forgotten five UTEP miners, still new era of UTEP athletics. Ask. Good question here. Were was, we that, fool- was that all his, is that his Twitter handle, all of that? Nah, that was his at, is at F5 miners, forgotten five UTEP miners. Okay. But his name is still new era. Now you can't, I don't think you can have that long. Let me at. see. That's pretty Let long me see. though. Right. He's he been following me since the minorist days. He's been, he been a good one, man. I, got, I always got to shout him out, man. He's a good one. Okay, it's not that long of a He showed mad love, man. man. He's, yeah. he's a true UTEP fan. So. I thought all that was his name on his Twitter <laughs> handle. I'm like, man, y'all some... How do you get people like... I mean, I thought mine was pretty long, but it's pretty easy. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. So he asked, were we fooled into thinking UTEP had O-line quarterback and receivers? Was Tech defense just better? Do y'all feel the offense can continue to develop as the season goes on? Because they do have some pieces to work with. Was play calling an ultimate reason and the offense a no-show? We've answered kind of that. I mean, we still feel that offensive line, we're definitely questioning what offensive line they're doing. But, you know, it, like we mentioned, I mean, Tech's defense was I just, better. I just you know, we just talked about that. The quarterbacks, receivers, you know, they, they got to gain confidence. I think that's a big thing. Play calling really wasn't the big uh, part of it. Certain situations are worse. It, like it's just, it's it don't execution. matter what play you call. 
if your quarterback doesn't have time to pass the ball and your running back can't get to the holes that they're trying to create, if there's no holes, you're going to get nothing. So here's one here's one football-centric question, and it's, it's real simple. Um, you've already said, you know, you don't like doing this, but – he simply asked Kai or Brandon. I'm gonna go Kai. I'm I'm gonna say I'm I was I was a big Brandon Jones guy when we went out there in camp, but seeing what Kai can add against a really good defense, I go Kai. This is what's gonna happen. I think personally, I think Brandon still is the starter, but you know that first pre- one of the first press conferences that Dimmel Coach Dimmel said that he wasn't on the short leash. Now I think he's on the yeah, short leash. No doubt about it. I think Jones starts. But if something still, if it's not going their way, they're going to put in Kai. In. You know, so now, now before he wasn't first game, he wasn't on a short leash. They gave him a whole half against uh, Texas Tech. You put him, uh, you put in Kai Loxley. He looked totally different. You know, so now I think Jones starts, but Kai is ready to go at any moment. I think that's a good scenario. But I'm actually going to disagree with you. All right, I think Kai gets named the starter sometime early in the week kind of like they did with brandon you know what i mean because i i I think for the psyche of the club um you know having that one guy may help but i mean it's not because i'm gonna tell tell you what it reminds me of it reminds me of the situation last year when ryan metz was was named the starting quarterback and he did all the right things was at every single practice and every little thing Dotted his eyes, crossed every single tease. So they gave him the starting job. But they knew that Kyle Loxley was the better quarterback physically and things of that nature. But Brian did all the right things. So they started Ryan, throws two interceptions or something like that. And right, right away, they put Kyle Loxley, and that was that. Yeah, I, I mean, that's a that's a great point as well. I just, you know, I think Demo's taking a different approach to this year. Um, I could be wrong, but I mean... I, I, I don't know. I, I I could see that scenario playing out. That's a great scenario. But, I like, just, I, but like I said, he's handled it differently. I, I, I am not going to deny, and I, I even said yeah. it. I even said like what the, what he's asking. That's literally what I said on the yeah, broadcast. We, is that I wonder who's your starting quarterback now? Do you think it's Kyle Loxy? And then when I asked it, he was like, "And let's move on to something else." <laughs> <laughs> so that so that Lutep Minor, my man Lutep, shout out at Lutep Minor. Give us a fun question here. Over under how many times does Demo make a Kansas State reference in the next press conference? I say Lou, Lou said it at three and a half. It's a 20-minute presser. He's going to compare a lot of what happened against Texas Tech <laughs> to about Kansas State. So fun question there from yeah, Lou Tep. I'll say uh, that. We had a kind of a – I saved this question for last because I think this is a really good question. And we both – we, me and you have talked about this um, off the air. We really haven't talked about this on the air. But this is a good question to kind of end up the podcast uh, if I can find it here. Um, Elliot Ayub at Elliot Ayub. What differences, positive or negative, have you seen with Jim Center as opposed to Bob Stoll now that Center has held the reign for two years? And there's your answer. Good night, folks. That's another episode of Budo Miners, bro. But, you know, it's we. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to start I'm going to start off something go ahead. Go I'm going to start off with something I, big I, difference. I have more experience. Yeah. Working uh, dealing with Stall. I'll I'll say this about Demo. The first thing that 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 jumps out my mind is is when he says everybody makes a difference, he ain't lying. Um, you know, Bob Stoll had the captain's club, you know. You're up in the captain's club, 
you know, you're going to get a handshake. You're going to get time spent with them. You know, if this is your first UTEP game ever, Jim Center is going to go sit down with your family and introduce yourself. You know, that's the biggest difference for me. Um, just from kind of a stand, a fan standpoint, Monster is obviously going to give you kind of a different angle. But from the fan standpoint, you feel that you're a part of the program. Whether you donate a dollar, whether you just buy a hot dog and a beer, whether you buy a UTEP shirt, you know, that that to me is the, is the attitude you have to have at the group of five level for an athletic director and that's where Jim Center hits it, hits it out of the park for me. It doesn't matter what you donate. If you're a Texas fan, uh, I want you to wear a UTEP shirt because you show you because we're in El Paso. I love that about Jim Center. Bob still couldn't care less about that, and Jim Center does, and that's important for a Group of Five program. So, I, you know, that for me is, is the biggest difference. Is from a fan standpoint, you can go up to Jim Center and offer him a beer. He may not take it, but you can talk to him. He, he's down to earth. You know, you just go go. You just you just didn't feel that with. Bob Stoll and there's a sense of family um, will it lead to wins and, and glory who knows but at the end of the day as a fan as a paying customer more than a fan he he, he makes you feel valued and then to this me that's important the way to, to describe, this is the way to describe Sander compared to Stoll with, with what you're talking about he seems like a dude that you'd want to be hanging around having a conversation oh, yeah. drinking a cold one with yeah not with Stoll no doubt about not, that not one bit now, unless we're talking I, about the fifth down play. I mean my, my, my man's my man uh, Jim Sanders uh, telling jokes things he's he's personality is everything the, the big difference um i hope is that when this when this program has starts it starts having success like they did under the Mike Price era that this administration is not going to try to stick it to the fans like they did and let's be honest that's what happened last time all of a sudden you can't tailgate you got to go in like at the end of the first quarter you know uh, there's a lot. They they made the the experience. It's, they stick it to the fans. All of a sudden, the tickets are more expensive. You know things stuff like that. They're trying to do stuff. They're trying to make it more interesting, especially for the home games. That party patio. I like calling it the party pit. It was a success the first year. You know people seem to having a good time to have that angle in the field because you and I, like we're we're there all the time. So. For other people, they're there like we were kind of used to that angle. So other people get to have that angle. They're 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 enjoying it. Um, and they get to drink cold ones and have you know oh, yeah, party down again. there. You know what I mean? It's a different atmosphere. Um. Man. So the, the difference that I see, um, without a doubt, is personality oh, yeah. between uh jumps off the charts with Stall and Center. You know, do I did, did, do I think Stall had a love for the school? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I thought oh, no I doubt. thought I thought Stall had a tremendous love for UTEP, UTEP athletics. He did a great job. Uh, he tried to bring in people that you wanted. He you thought you wanted. What's the name of the coach? Uh, I forgot his name. The one that yelled at me and Steve. Tim Floyd. Yeah, he brought in Tim Floyd because that's what you guys wanted. You wanted the heir apparent to Don Haskins. You know, he brought you. I mean, he brought you Barbie. Barbie got you success. Everybody he brought in after Haskins had success. Except for the chosen one, Tim Floyd. It is what it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm not ragging. We don't got to go Floyd. down that road. No, but I'm just telling you, it is what it is. <laughs> it is. He was trying to do that, but I'll be honest with you, it wasn't fun. No, it wasn't. It was not a fun Retreads. experience. And I mean, even the Coogler hire, in a sense, man. You know, you, you can you can talk about that too. You know that that was a homie hire, man. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and and it was it seemed right at the time, but when you look at it, it's like yeah, he wasn't they, ready. They, you know? they they um when it came to the marketing, it was kind of like oh well, well, marketing whatever you know. But but under center, they did a good job. I mean, like I'm the type that, and I always thought about this is like, hey man, like. 
you got 50,000 seats, you know, now like with all the constructions, maybe like 40 or whatever. I don't know how many, but I thought it was genius that I, I was always under the fact, well, why don't you just like open up some seats like the Friday before so you can get people in and maybe five bucks. Five bucks like that's exactly what some, they did. And not only that, I mean, you're looking at, at Center and, and what he's done from an administrative standpoint. I mean, the people that were around the UTEP marketing the past couple of years, they're not there no more. You know what I mean? They've really, really cleaned house in that department. So, you know, that was, I mean, if you've listened to Steve's show on Sports Talk, you know where people come in there and you've hosted it where people just hammer yeah. UTEP well, marketing. marketing you know? And, and yeah. it was terrible. So what did Jim Center do? He goes in there, he makes a stamp, brings back Daniel Veal, gets rid of, 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 the, of the people that basically, you know, UTEP marketing was their first job, weren't doing a great job. Let's just be real. I mean, heck, if I'm not doing a great job, what I do eight to five, I'm going to get replaced, bro. That's just what it is, man. That's what it is. And in a competitive I, I, world of college, college athletics yeah. you can't just get is. hired because you're from el paso that that no. those days are over now yeah. for utep athletics just because you went here and you graduated here and you're a face here you got to produce and and that's the difference between when stole and center is because stole you're you know you're, you're our guy we're gonna let you grow Stenner, no you're gonna grow you're our guy but you got to produce as well because i'm not we're bringing i'm bringing in uh, my guy it's so. like i mean but i mean it, it, i'll be i'm gonna be 100 honest with you like i don't know if he knows my name but I know that he knows that I'm the broadcast guy. Yeah. With Stahl, I met Stahl like maybe 30, 50 times there every time I met him. We called, we had, when I was in the Q Morning Show, we called it being stalled. And it's like, it, it's like, hey, it's, it's like the first <laughs> all of our time. Twitter friends, Twitter, Twitter friends, Twitter friends yes, and all that. It, it's, it's, it, well, we, well, basically, well, he acted like he was the first time he was meeting you. Center at least acknowledges that he knows who, he might not know my name. But he knows what I'm doing, and you, hey man, have a good broadcast today. Thank you, brother. Appreciate. We're like, there. I was about to. I was. He literally saw because we all we're, we're about to start the game. We get into game zone. I was literally walking, leaving the 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 press box, gonna go downstairs. He saw me. He's like, have a good call, brother. I appreciate you, bro. This is the AD. Yeah, you know, the UTEP is in good. And hands. I'm gonna tell you something Legit too. I'm, I'm gonna tell you something. This, and I can't talk about how it was with uh, Stall there as AD because when we travel. Uh, quick, this is going to be a real quick story because we're already over an hour on the podcast, but somebody brought it up about the difference with, and I really wonder how many other ADs do this across the country. When we land on, on the plane, all the, the all obviously because it's a charter, so all our luggage is in the plane, right? So then who is going to put the, the luggage from the plane onto the buses? There's four buses, so it's, of course, the, some of the UTEP trainers are doing some of the stuff, some Managers. of the UTEP coaches. Who else do you think is doing that stuff? Uh, not the AD, right? The AD is doing that. Wow. Jim Center is one of the wow. guys that's putting the— That's impressive, bro. That's legit. I'm not what, just saying what, that's what, really you know, impressive. No, it really bro. is because I was blown away when he was doing it last year. And then when I get out there and I'll help him because but it, all depends where, it all depends where he's sitting, though. Yeah. You know, because he and the bus that he takes, he's on the same bus we're at. He's the first guy right there. Like, he's right away. And he's like, if he's on there, he's saying hi to everybody. They're getting up. Hey, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Stuff like that. But he gets off. He starts unloading. the. When we get to the hotel, starts unloading. He's the one of the guys that's unloading the, the bags. I, I can't say it, but my speculation, I seriously doubt still did that. But but I, I really don't know. I can't say that for a fact. Like I said. But you, I was blown away when I saw that. And, that. and that tells you everything right then and there. UTEP is in good hands with Jim Center. That'll do it for this edition of Puro Miners, bro. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at 
Pluto Miners Radio. Make sure to like, rate, review on Apple and every podcast that you can find or every podcast platform that you could find is how about this the raider game is 30 minutes in the raiders are seven nothing and i've only looked back Dude, once you have no idea like what you're missing because i was watching like <laughs> you have no idea because we're watching first monday night football like you have let me just tell you right away the texans scored with about it was 24 21 the texans scored with about like like 36 seconds they took the lead they were up by like by one point and, and then uh, New Orleans came back and get a game-winning field goal. It was crazy. I don't know if you saw me going stuff I like did, this. I did, but I was trying crazy. to stay. I was trying to yeah. stay. Trying to stay locked in. But hey, how talented is El Monstro? Watching the game, I'm telling breaking you. down the minors and giving me a recap at the end. That's what we do here right, at PMB, baby. Put those minors, bro. We out.